Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. Today we're talking about Christmas is a time of celebration. In a little Sunday school class of first graders, the teacher asked, who gave the decree that all the world would be taxed? And a little boy said, the Democrats. <laughs> a church sign said, Merry Christmas to our Christian friends. Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends. And to our atheist friends, Good luck. A lady was asked what her expectations were for this Christmas. He said, I expect to be visited by a happy, bearded fellow with a large bag, bag on his shoulders. That would be my son coming home from college with his dirty laundry. A lot of you can identify with that. But Christmas is not a time of consumerism which is what we try to make it be. But Christmas is about Christ. And Christ is about love and peace and joy. My friend Rick Warren did a survey of his own asking shoppers about what, what, is, what were they celebrating at Christmas time. Listen to the, the, the response. I'm celebrating I made it through another year. Another person, I'm celebrating being home with my family. Another, I got a Christmas bonus. My son is home from Iraq. I'm celebrating Obama got elected. I'm celebrating I finished my shopping. I'm not celebrating anything. I'm just trying to survive. Now, th those were the answers people gave, real answers from real people about what they were celebrating at Christmas time. You say, well, that's the world out there. We're not surprised by that. That's people on the street. And I thought the same thing. So I just asked myself, what about church Christmas parties? What about, you know, isn't it strange to have a birthday party for someone and yet the someone whose birthday it is, is not even mentioned throughout the entire party. And yet I have an idea that that happens often. That we get together and we have fun and we participate in, you know, the fun things about Christmas and games and exchanging presents, all the consumerism part of it. But do we forget or ignore Jesus Christ? And he's the one that Christmas is all about. He is the reason for the season. Do we fail to honor him? You know, uh, one Christmas, I, I had a, a picture in my Bible of, from our past Christmas. And you could see part of the Christmas tree and the Christmas decorations. And then you could see our family gathered around a birthday cake with the candles and uh, the adults on the outer edge and the kids all right around the cake, looking down, almost touching the cake. And that picture was in my Bible, and I showed it to several people at church. 
And here is the response I got. They would look at that and they'd say, oh, what a cute picture. Second thing, whose birthday was it? I said, oh, it was Jesus' birthday. And they had this, you know, blush. And, and they, they, you know, they say something like, what was I thinking? Well, see, if we're not careful, we get all wrapped up in good things. There's not anything wrong with exchanging presents. In fact, if you've already got me one, send it on. <laughs> not anything wrong with that. Not anything wrong with eating. I used to go on a diet in the late summer just to get ready for Christmas. I didn't this year, so January is coming up for this time. Because I don't want to miss what we have to eat at Christmas time. I don't want to miss the fun of being with family. But ladies and gentlemen, it is not about us. It is supposed to be about him. And he is to be the center in all that we do. And if we, if we try to put Jesus along with Rudolph and Frosty and Santa, then we have missed the value and the reality of Christmas. Listen to the angel's opening statement to the shepherds at Bethlehem. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Stop being afraid. Why? It's personal. I bring you, each one of you, every one of you. It's positive. I bring you good news. It's party time. Celebration. I bring you good news of great joy. And it's not private. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. So Christmas is for anyone and everyone. But no matter where you are in your life, what you've done, where you've been, where you're headed, the greatest news of Christmas is for you. And it's a word from God that he wants to speak to your heart. Let me give you, have your notes there of some blanks for just a handful of words that trigger celebration. And I don't have time to spend a lot on these, but I just want to give you some words that may help you as you think about Christmas and celebrate Christmas. The first is reflection. To reflect upon the Christmas story and the blessings that we have because of Christmas is one of the best ways to celebrate Christmas. Just to reflect upon the goodness and the grace of God. That should give you a great Christmas within itself. And, and every time we sing Christmas carols, and I love Christmas carols, we are reenacting the Christmas story. You see, those, those beautiful Christmas carols have a way of emotionalizing Christmas and personalizing Christmas for us. It, it, it helps place us in the Christmas story. There's a verse in the Bible that tells us how to celebrate Christmas. And who better than Mary to set the example? Luke 2, 19. But Mary treasured up all these things. All the things God and the angels had told her about Christmas. And pondered them in her heart. Pondering is a word which means to weigh in the mind. It means to think about. It means to reflect. One of the greatest ways to separate celebrate Christmas is to just bring some quietness into your life and think about, reflect upon God's goodness to you. 
God's grace in your life. To think about what Christmas really means when God loved us so much that he sent Jesus for us. Reflect. The second word is affection. Like love, affection is to be unconditional if it's to be real. The same kind of unconditional affection and love that God has for us. And Christmas, a wonderful way to celebrate it is to show affection. And you can do that in, in a thousand different ways. You can give a gift. You can, you can give a card. Carla down here brought me a card this morning when I, when I came in. A Christmas card. And you can send somebody a Christmas card. Or a picture of your family in a, in a Christmas card. And that's the way that, that everybody can keep up with each other. It can be a hug. It can be a handshake. It can be a smile. But find ways to show affection at Christmas time. Now, for those close to you, it's not difficult to show affection. But for others, it may be a challenge. But that's a way that you can show that your heart is in the right place and that you have the spirit of Christ and that you show affection toward the people with whom you come in contact at Christmas time. The third word is creativity. Ask God to show you new ways to enjoy and experience and celebrate Christmas. Because, you know, if we're not careful, uh, we can get bogged down and do all the same things in, in the same way. In, in Matthew 13, it, verse 52, it says, Therefore, every teacher of the law who's been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. That's how you celebrate Christmas, with old treasures, but also with some new treasures. You need both. So ask your family, what can we do differently this Christmas to make it a little more special and a little less predictable? You might even ask your friends, what, you know, what do you want to do about exchanging gifts? They may say, well, rather than gifts, let's do something else. Let's just spend time together or let's take what we would spend on giving gifts and let's do something for somebody who has some real needs. I love traditions. I really do. But traditions are simply innovations that have been around for a little while. And the best of traditions can become stale. So it's so important that we have some new things at Christmas. So a couple of suggestions. Enhance your traditions, the traditions you have. Enhance those a little bit with some differentness. I don't know if that's a word or not, but you understand what I'm saying. Just make it a little different, a little unusual, so that this Christmas is special. And then keep inventing new traditions. Because Traditions are wonderful ways that children learn about the importance of Christmas and what Christmas means and the importance of family and family values. So you want those traditions to be a special thing. In our house, some we've done for years, uh, we have the birthday cake for Jesus and we read the Christmas story. And uh, as, the, as the kids, the grandkids get older, 
then they will begin to read that Christmas story. I'm sure Laura Lee will read some of it this year for the first time. And we, and we sing a carol or, and then happy birthday uh, to Jesus. And, and that is something that we've been doing for years. But then each year we, pr- we try to add something else. For my wife, I give her a gift every day for the 12 days up to Christmas. And you would think after all that, she wouldn't expect anything for Christmas, wouldn't you? But no, no, I, I have to give it Christmas also. But it's those traditions that, that are special to us. But at the same time, let's find some new traditions uh, this year. The next word is glory. Luke 1, 46 to 47. Mary said, my, goal, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So Mary, at the first Christmas, gave glory to God. The angels gave glory to God. Luke 2, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So Mary gave glory to God. The angels gave glory to God. We should give glory to God at Christmas. Three things to celebrate God's glory. Give God glory from your heart. Give God glory from your lips. Give God glory from your lives. The way you live, the way you talk, let, let God's glory come from that. The next word is worship. We celebrate Christmas when we worship because worship is, a, is wonder and joy and praise and love. And it causes us to, to focus on the awesome God that we have. And the, the music of Christmas focuses in on the birth of Christ and salvation and the Lamb. All those things that, that are so important to us. That God has given to us. The, the next word is giving. At Christmas and throughout the year, we celebrate God's greatest gift in the history of the world. God gave the best that he had for us. For God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave his only begotten son, his one and only son, so that we could have salvation and eternal life. Now listen to me, never are we more like Jesus than we give, listen to me, than when we give of ourselves to others for their good and for God's glory. Did you get that? Never are we more like the Lord. Never can we better celebrate Christmas than we give of ourselves time talents, treasures that we give of ourselves to others for their good and for God's glory. Every time we love, every time we give, every time we reach out to people to love them in the name of Christ, to do something for them in the name of Christ, we are placing ourselves in the Christmas story. And there's nothing more exciting. Now, my time's gone. I got three points, my, my main three points. So let's listen real quickly, all right? Hold on, hold on to your seat there. Because three of the greatest reasons to celebrate Christmas. Number one, God loves you. And we don't have to spend a lot of time here because 
I preach this all the time, that God loves you unconditionally. And the total reason for Christmas is the amazing love of God. There's not anything in us worth loving. Not anything valuable in us. We were sinners. But while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us enough to die for us. So the great thing about Christmas, the greatest reason of Christmas is the fact that God loves us with a love that never stops. It is constant and it is continuing. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how many bad choices you've made or what you've done with your life, how unsuccessful or how successful you are, what race you are, what part of the country you come from, God loves you unconditionally. And he will never stop loving you. Now that's great news. That's the greatest news this world has ever heard. You see, his love for you is based on his character, not your conduct. And you ought to say amen. It's based on his character, not your conduct. And not on our performance. Not who we are, but who he is. He loves us. And he died, remember on the cross, he died with outstretched arms, physically showing, I love you this much. And he still loves you this much. And he will always love you this much. Number two, God not only loves you, but God is with you. Choir sang about it earlier, Emmanuel. That word means God with us. Feelings are unreliable. They will lie to you. They're up and down like a fast yo-yo. Whether you feel loved by God has nothing to do with it. Whether you feel like God's with you has nothing to do with it. Because God is with you. God says, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. That's an absolute fact. Whether you feel like God is walking with you right now, he is walking with you. That's something every believer can count and you can claim. Hebrews 13, 5 Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we, will, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? God's presence trumps your panic. And that's a promise. He will never abandon you. And you will never need God plus anything. God, if he was all that you had, would be enough. Number three, God is for you. God not only loves you, God is not only with you, and for Christians, he's in you, but God is also for you. Too many people think of God as a gotcha God. He's going to get you. And he's always trying to catch you doing something wrong. Jeremiah 29, 11 for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. My friend, no one knows what's best for you more than God. And God always has your best interest in his mind and heart. And God knows more what it'll take to, for you to be happy and fulfilled than anybody else does, including yourself. Because he made you. 
If he made you, you ought to be able to let him run you because he knows best how to run you, how to run your life. God loves you. God is with you. God is for you. And that is all you need. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry. 